goodness, I'm so excited. Okay, we're going to dive right in. You ready? Oh, perfect. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to the Wizard in the Wild. I'm joined today by the most incredible human being that I know, Jenna, who is a yoga teacher based in LA and director of yoga at Sweat. Jenna, welcome. Thank you so much, Em. I am beyond thrilled to be here. This is so, so exciting. And I couldn't think of a better person to start my week and Monday morning with, uh, just talking to you, doing what we do, and connecting. I cannot think of a better human to have on because you are so full. You have such an incredible mix. You're so full of wisdom and energy and you know, but you're calm and peaceful at the same time. And you have so much wisdom and so much joy. And you just embody everything that I think is fantastic about the universe. Oh my goodness. Well, that means so much to me, especially coming from you. And I could reflect that right back at you tenfold. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote some notes about what we might talk about today. And as much as it's a free-flowing conversation, I think that one of the areas that I really wanted to explore with you was relationships and intuition mm. and connecting kind of to that inner guidance. Now, obviously, just for everyone listening, a bit of context, Jenna and I met in Bali in 2019. We were taking our yoga teacher yeah. training and we were both at the time actually in different relationships and we've seen each other move through various things. And I think there have been so many lessons learned and so much wisdom then to share from that. But I might start off with actually sharing something of my own. I was telling Jenna about something I'd been faced with recently and you offered a perspective that no one else had, which I think was essential and beautiful, which was what does this say about my relationship with myself? you know, forget this other person, forget whoever is opposite you, friend, partner, whatever it is you're facing. What does your reaction say about your relationship with yourself? Because everything around you can change, but you will always have to sit with yourself. And can you treat yourself with kindness and compassion? And can you tap into that more loving self and bring a loving response? And honestly, I'm mind blown. Oh, I mean, it's the hardest thing to continue to honor. It's so easy to, you know, point fingers elsewhere and look at what other people are doing. And it's an ongoing practice. No one's, mm. you know, we're going to be perfect at it. And it's so much easier said than done. And it's so much easier to identify in someone else's circumstance versus your own. But that's why we have mm. friends and people we trust to give advice when asked for. So in listening to your situation, it is definitely clear for me on the outside to offer you whatever, you know, whatever guidance I did to support you in navigating through it yourself. Um, so I just wanted to say that first and foremost, <laughs> it's so much easier to tell other people what you think they should do than to actually do it yourself. Um, mm. And paired with some, you know, just experience as as you said, we did our teacher training together. And one of the biggest takeaways that I got from it um, in terms of just little nuggets of wisdom from our teachers is, remember Hansa said the difference between 
knowledge and wisdom is experience. And mm. I think we, oh, there are a bajillion reasons why we're so close and such good friends, but we know when to lean on each other when the other person has had some experience that's relevant to whatever the other one's going through. Mm. Um, I did ha experientially have, you know, some type of advice to give just because of the life that I have lived so far. Mm -hmm. um, so as you mentioned, in Bali, we were both in totally different relationships. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that I was in for for the listeners, uh, it was it was a relationship that ended up being an engagement that I broke off. When it comes down to it, it's really hard because we are so conditioned to really rely on what other people think of us and mm. the uh, constructs of society and the, um, you know, what's put out there as a success plan, so to say, in relationship mapping. So when you take away the other person even when you take away the other person's happiness, which is so hard when you care about someone and love someone so deeply, it has to be at the end of the day, you have to be happy with the relationship with yourself. And then that's the foundation and baseline for all your other relationships. If that's not the case, that's the biggest indication of maybe I need to look into this a little bit deeper and maybe this is not the best match or maybe it is. And there's just something that I need to work through in whatever way provides me mm -hmm. with the deepest form of growth and evolution and intros introspection. And then that newest evolved version of, version of myself can show up to this relationship and it can move forward and progress. But the change has to start within and the assessment process and the reflection process has to start with you. And we were talking about this earlier in our conversation. There's also, I, I always try to be hyper mindful of like the, you know, not leaning way too far into where I think sometimes the spiritual space can take us of, of it's also not always all on you. Like there's, okay, what's mm. my purpose? How do I level one? what is happening here internally? Why am I reacting to this person in this way? What's going on, you know, with my own life triggers experiences that this is how I'm digesting this circumstance. And then the layer two is like, okay. And also this is an actual situation that is happening. It's not just mm -hmm. an internal dialogue. It's also a real external situation that has to be dealt with and looked at. And that's not, that's also just not up to one person individually. There's, you know, it takes two to tango. It's, there's two people in a relationship. So there's accountability and ownership on both sides. Mm. Thank you for sharing. Looking back now, what was maybe the biggest lesson that came from breaking off your engagement, but also what was the, or was there that voice in you? How did you know? The biggest lesson is to always listen to those little whispers of intuition. Um, mm. They may not turn into like gigantic, dramatic roars, but they're there for a reason. So 
to ignore them or to mask them or to try to turn them into something that they're not because of anything outside of yourself is not only detrimental for you, but also for the, the other person. If I had really listened to where I, you know, the, the little pings in my heart mm. um, and communicated those in a much stronger way from the beginning, I could have saved both of us a lot of pain and time. And then the other side of that, I, I do always like to provide a full, like all encompassed spectrum of experience is like the other side of that is to make a decision that's so big and so hurtful. You have to be pretty grounded in that choice. So when I look back, I'm like, oh, I wish I, I made that choice earlier. But then at the same time, then would I have had regrets or would I have thought that I had given mm. up stay long enough to really, really know? So you can't really look back and say, I could have, I should have. You just have to trust in yourself that you're making the best choice in that moment. And then the next best choice after that and the next one after that. And that's how you learn and grow and listen to that little voice the next time around. So I guess looking back my, you know, I would say not that I wish I acted on that voice sooner because that was impossible at that time, but I wish that I really just honored it and listened to it and watched it more carefully mm. and more intricately and with more trust in myself versus turning to so many other people, which is natural. Mm. And I was, but when I did have those feelings, I think one of my ways of, of bringing them to the surface was talking about them to the, with the people I trusted and the people that, you know, love me. And of course those people love you. They want you to be happy and, and they want you to have an easy life and not have to go through something like that. So a lot of, you know, a lot of people in my life are like, well, can you make this work? Or, you know, are you, are you looking for something that doesn't actually exist? And, and that was coming from such a loving, supportive place, but also not real for me. So it's, mm. it's using and it's, um, it's hard to trust yourself fully in making such, like I said, a hurtful and large decision like that, but you just have to. That really resonates with me, especially the bit about not going outside for too much advice. Yes, you want yeah. someone who can give you perspective. Yeah. But I think it really has to be someone that you can trust to give you a grounded perspective and also someone really whose values you admire. I mean, something that I noticed is, you know, over the, the last few years is people, and I probably invited some of those opinions, but I felt that people were very entitled <laughs> to share their opinions about choices I was making. And maybe some of the comments were valid, maybe not, but fundamentally, the people making those judgments are not people whose relationships I would want. And they were not people who I felt were coming you know, a lot of the time it provokes fear in other people because either you're saying, well, actually, I don't want to conform to the norm and live the way you live, or they feel that you rejecting something is rejecting their choices. And it's right. kind of saying, you know, 
you know, it's it's okay. I don't have to be like you. And that doesn't mean that the way that you've done it is bad, but you also have to acknowledge that I'm different or I'm doing things differently and, I, and I'm okay with that. Yes, yes, yeah. And to find the people that are not going to just project their own, um, you know, their own thoughts and experiences onto you, but ask you the right questions that help you contemplate yours. Cause everyone is so, so different. And it's, it's, I love the saying like, you know, don't treat people. We're taught early on, Oh, treat people the way you want to be treated. No, treat people the way they want to be treated. <laughs> like don't you know, mm. instead of giving advice, to someone else that would suit yourself, you have to think about that person's life. Um, mm. So it's more, I think it's so helpful to, to find the people that ask you the hard questions versus try to give you answers that are not even yours. Mm, I love that. Well, you do that. that for me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's what you do for me as well is, you know, you actually, you know, when I called you and I said, I'm facing the situation, you asked me a series of very probative questions that got me thinking. And through those answers, I was, um, I gained a lot of clarity versus, you know, someone saying you need to do this, you need to do that. And that can still come from a good place. But actually, I think the point is when, for me, at least when I get to a conclusion or at least to some form of something, through my own process, then I can also trust in it a lot more. And I know it's from me and I don't, right. because right. yeah, because right. even if this person says, even if someone else would say, oh, you know, you have to do X, maybe they're right. But the fact <laughs> that I haven't got there myself means that I can't fully trust it. Yes. And then if they give you, you know, a certain direction and you take that and it doesn't work out, then is mm. there even some, some subconscious resentment for that person and the choice that they, you know, they got 100%. Yeah. And so you, so that ended and you were experiencing a period of freedom, I would say, in your life. Mm -hmm. You then had a subsequent relationship. And what I find quite interesting is that you are a very free spirit but both of those partners, the one before and, and the one after, wanted to formalize the commitment. Yeah. And I thought that was quite interesting, almost energetically, right? Because yeah. it's something that you weren't really looking for, but that was being offered to you in different ways from different people, really. Where I'm getting at is that it was then at your intuition then again came up, but in a different way, I think, in that subsequent relationship. And I think also came through the poetry at the end and that that journey, you know, from one yeah. to another and the evolution and learning to trust more in your intuition and to honor it and to listen to it. Yes. Yeah, that's mm. definitely. I think, you know, that the first relationship, the one, you know, with the, the end of the engagement, while it was so hard and so painful, it also gave me the tools to be able to identify that voice and mm. listen to it and to take action and do something the next time around. So when I recognized that this second relationship was not right anymore, I felt 
so grounded and stable and confident mm. in that intuitive voice and able to communicate with this person my feelings surrounding our relationship, even though they were ones that they didn't want to hear that were hurtful. Uh, mm. Once, you know, we, we got to a certain place and said, let's take some space. And we took, I think it was like, you know, a week and a half or two weeks of space. And then he came, he, he, he was away and he came back and said, so how do you feel about everything? Whereas in my prior relationship, I probably would have cushioned the blow or phrased it in a more delicate way. Mm. I remember just saying, um, you know, the time that you've been away, I have not felt so connected to myself and so vibrant and alive and just wow. me in so long. And that's really telling to me. And I can't do this anymore. Like I can't mm. not. I've, I've been, feel like I have my like unique shininess back and I just feel so alive. It's not your fault. It's no one's fault. It's just the dynamics of relationships shift sometimes. Mm. Um, in this specific case, I did have a whole other factor of um, of my health that was a layer of, you know, when we, I met this person shortly after I got really sick. And then when I started to feel better, it was almost like a brand new relationship, like one version mm. of our was sick and unable to live my life the way that I typically do. And then when I started to feel better, it was like a new person and a, a, a new relationship and one that just didn't work for either of us anymore. Wow. I never thought of it that way, but that's mm -hmm. so insightful. Yeah. So, but having had that prior experience, I was able to identify it, listen to those, you know, little whispers in your heart watch it for a little bit for, you know, watch it for a little bit, but not drag it out, but still have that time of, okay, this is interesting. I'm feeling this. I'm hearing these little, you know, nuggets of, of wisdom going off in my head and my heart. Mm. And I was telling you in our conversation earlier, you know, um, emotions, cloud, grounded judgment. So to not necessarily act on that immediately, but to say, okay, I, I can't ignore this. This needs to be addressed mm. and I need to enter a assessment period of being able to identify why am I feeling this way? What is happening here? And can I get myself to a space where I can make decisions and feel good and secure about whatever direction those point me towards? Two things have come up for me as you've said that. The first is around, you know, when you were describing things that you said that might be hurtful. Yeah. And it's something that someone said to me last year, actually. And she said, you know, as long as you're communicating something that is true with kindness, how the other person receives it is not really your problem. Yeah. And because when you were saying all oh, these things were hurtful, I was thinking, but in a way they were loving because yeah. the truth in that sense is loving. You know, people might not want to hear it, but it would be so much worse to to stay in a relationship with someone who wasn't fully present. 
Yeah. Yeah. You have to think of what that other person deserves, you know, and yeah. the second relationship, this person so badly, you know, wanted a family and marriage and to start this whole life that I just wasn't ready for. So me dragging out our time together is wasting his precious time of getting to that ultimate goal of his to have that. I was obviously not the right person for that to happen for his happiness. So, you know, the longer, the longer that you drag it out, once, once you have that knowing the harder it is for everyone. And it's, you know, if you, if you really care about that person and, and want what's best for them to release them in a way from the current relationship is it, it yeah, is a, is a kind and necessary thing. But we were I mean, not I, taught to say like that. <laughs> no, but I mean, I always say to people who, whenever I've dated anyone, actually, I've always kind of said the same thing, which is I'm looking for X or I want X, whatever that might be at that point in time. You may not know immediately if that is something that you want, but you will know if it's not. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you might yeah. not know that yes for sure but you will you we know quite early on when it's a no and so if it's a no or a never or a whatever then that's that's when you have to tell me because i because yeah. there, there is some degree where you have to explore and find out and give things time but when you know that it's no yeah then you have to communicate it i mean the, yeah. um, mm. do you think that it's more challenging for women to do so to say no yeah to just to yeah I guess so to say no in terms of relationship and partnership and you know because of the added factors of a biological clock or societal pressures or seeing you know your uh, other friends around you moving in a certain direction or whatever it may be. It's just yeah. not, to, you know, to, to make it a gender thing, but it, in some ways it's just the reality of it. I have compassion for both sides. I think from my experience, anyway, women that I speak to will probably put up with more shit <laughs> to put it bluntly or be more afraid of walking away because of biological factors or because of family or thinking, oh, you know, it would be so hard to meet someone new. Um, and I think women probably have that fear a little bit more. But for yeah. men, I think they have the, the, the reverse side, which is so much more pressure to get it right and to make it work and to step up and to be a man, whatever that means in whichever culture you live in. I actually know a couple of men who've, ended engagements or you know whatever um yeah and I feel like they almost found it harder than my female friends because it was just so it was just so against the narrative they'd been told which was you know just suck it up be a provider and oh wow know, follow yeah. through that's that yes yes compassion for both sides <laughs> it's not none of it's easy <laughs> what, what you were saying around the intuitive hits mm. and being grounded in yourself so if i'm not grounded in myself you know sometimes people it's that difference it's it's what is intuition versus what is fear yeah and so when you're not actually in a space where you're 
calm basically you might yeah. be having this voice or these thoughts that you're hearing that might be telling you crazy things yeah and and we and we believe them because we believe the mind but but it's actually it's what you were saying to me earlier which was can you get yourself to this state where you feel calm and you feel good in yourself and then what does your knowing tell you yeah i think space in general always helps provide clarity just to create that that wedge between the stimuli and the response or the mm. stimuli and the reaction to mm. insert a gap of space i mean that's what all of these practices that we do that's that's essentially the what they teach us yoga meditation to just pause and breathe and watch and observe instead of reacting so immediately from an emotionally charged place and from a place of patterned response or conditioned response or whatever you want to label it to create that that little wedge of, of space so you can allow those emotions to to dissipate and come back with a fresh perspective or a new lens or a more neutral stance to evaluate whatever's in front of you from just having, whether it's a few moments, a few breaths, a few days, or a few, you know, weeks to come back to your self, the, the self that's behind the, even the thoughts, the emotions, the triggers, whatever, mm -hmm your your knowing self your wise self um, your higher self or you know again whatever you want to call it so you can know just knowing that you made a, a choice from that place i think undoubtedly will you know you'll feel naturally more secure in that decision i mean for me it's about emotional hygiene right you know people yeah. you brush your teeth every day you need to see yeah. yourself with yourself every day people don't make it a priority because they don't consider it, but I really think it's part of hygiene. It's part of your hygiene with yourself. But also, and I wonder how much of it is a personality thing, but I know that I was in a relationship for five years almost. And looking back, there was a part of me that thought maybe I should have left much sooner. But also the truth is that the Emily that I was then, but also my character generally, I need to go to the end of everything. I need to have yeah. given it my all. That's just who I am. Because if I don't, yeah. I have regrets. I have what ifs. I have doubts. You know, if it's either going to work or it's going to go to shit, but I'll, I know that I'll have given it my everything. Yeah. And that gives me peace. Yeah. So, it, and that's just knowing yourself. You don't know mm. that about yourself unless you sit with yourself and find that out about yourself. Everyone's different in that sense. And for you to even, you know, to, to understand that about yourself and then be able to apply that is so, is so, so powerful. I mean, I feel that you've, it's funny because you haven't changed since I've known you because you're your glorious self. And I think that self is always mm -hmm. there, but you have changed so much at the same time and because you've had these experiences and, I, and you are a wise woman. Is there an experience that stands out to you as being really transformative in the last few months or something that something that you know that you've heard recently or that you've learned about that you think wow like this is really something everyone needs to know 
Ooh, that's such a good question. Something everyone needs to know. Uh, yeah, I I would say that wellness overall is so multifaceted and so complex and that we can get really sucked into specific avenues of how we perceive wellness, but it's about evaluating who you are and what you need. I mean, what comes up right away is like when I first was moving through the beginning stages of my Lyme disease, I was so crazy regimented with diet and with protecting my energy. Um, I wasn't really spending time with people. It wasn't, I had no, no freedoms. And while mm. that can serve some people and, and I'm, I know it served me really well in terms of getting my immune system and my body back to a healthy and stronger place. I also, because of just because of who I am and what I need and what makes me feel healthy and vibrant and alive, there were other places of my well-being that suffered because of that. And like my soul health. And I, I am someone that connection and spending time with the people that I love and being out in the world and expressing and dancing and moving and just feeling my own aliveness is such a healthy thing for me to do. And you can think, like I said, your your mind can anchor to wellness as being just the food that you eat or the movement classes that you do or whatever it is. I mean, I was sober for a, you know, I guess that the, a, a year roughly. And I thought, oh, wow, like this is really great. Maybe I don't need to to drink again. Like this is the quote unquote healthy thing. Same with food. I wasn't eating any sugar at all, very little carbs. And I kind of tricked myself into thinking that that was the right path for me. And then when I began to open myself up to be more intuitive and have so much more freedom in both of those areas, I felt so much better and so mm. much more whole and complete. And, and most importantly, just so much more myself. So yeah. it comes back to listening to your intuition and knowing that no one else is you. <laughs> and while while opening up your mind and heart to other people's experiences and resources and advice can be expansive in, in many areas. It can also be really restrictive if you don't take it with a grain of salt. And at the end of the day, always choose what you know is best for you. And that's a your your overall well-being is a non-negotiable, but what are the parts of that that are in your specific unique equation of wellness? And it's not gonna look like anyone else's. And there are other people that are going to judge you for X, Y, and Z. I mean, I live in LA and there's so <laughs> many people here that are like, you know, so judgmental if you drink alcohol, like, like, oh, like, you know, drinking alcohol, you're like operating at such a lower vibration. Well, great. <laughs> if, you feel, if you feel that way, for sure. Like don't drink alcohol. Great. But like, I actually really do enjoy, enjoy it. Mezcal cocktail and that makes me feel good. So I'm going to do that and I'm not going to judge myself for it. 
Mm. I mean, I do really think that the restriction when it comes from a place of I can't or I shouldn't is yeah. way more negative than the thing itself. Right, right. It's how you take it. It's it's also like not to go too in the, you know, woo-woo spiritual mm. space, but like so often it has I say this in my yoga classes all the time in terms of the postures, like it's not about what you're doing. Like when you think about a chair pose, you're just bending your knees and reaching your arms out in front of you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not about what you're doing. It's not about what shapes you're in. And same thing, it's it's not always about what you're eating or what you what movement you're doing or whatever it is. It's not about what, it's about how and why and the way mm -hmm. that you move through that chair pose or the way that you take in whatever food that you're eating. If you're doing so, you know, if, I, if I'm going to have a piece of chocolate and think the whole time, oh, this is not good for me. Oh, this is like a hundred calories. Okay. I should go to the mm. gym, whatever. I'm not going to fully enjoy that. That's not going to be nourishing for my body, for my soul. If, if I let myself truly enjoy something, mm. it, it's adding to an overall pleasurable and joy fueled experience. Mm. There's something I really want to share. Yeah. And so I ended up having a talk to clear the air recently and it was very beneficial, at least from my side, because I felt like I actually had needed to really firmly express why I felt a certain way or what it was exactly that had bothered me. But what was so fascinating, you know, talking about the kind of the spiritual woo-woo world was that the response was, I would say, kind and loving to a certain degree. And there was space for whatever I was saying. Yeah. But there was also a refusal to take responsibility. So it was mm. like, well, it's because we were studying this spiritual thing that opened this thing. And I did a regression and I realized that in the past life, this had happened. And that's why we have it in this life. And, yeah. you know, I'm like... I mean, maybe that's true, but also we are in this lifetime. Yeah. And, and the apology was so funny because the apology was, it wasn't, I'm sorry for X or even for me, I'm sorry for me, or I'm sorry that you felt X, right? It was, I'm sorry that my, that this part of my chart of this thing expressed itself to make you feel X. I'm thinking, oh, wow. I don't oh really think that's an apology. Oh my God. <laughs> and then also because it, in a way, I think it's very disempowering because yeah. you're, it's okay to have healthy anger. It's okay to have unpleasant emotions. You know, this is part of the human experience. Not everything has to, you know. No, that toxic positivity is so, so dangerous. <laughs> like, mm. I mean, that those those feelings aren't going to go anywhere until you fully feel them and move through them and release them. So by just the, like bypassing them um, mm. and pretending that they're not there and putting on the band-aid of glitter and rainbows is not mm. helpful. Um, and also I think what people don't realize necessarily or are a bit afraid of is that at least I feel when you allow those emotions to pass through you, and I always thought you were amazing at this. I remember in Bali because you would let yourself feel and anything that was coming through would just come through. Whereas historically, I would struggle to express negative emotion. Not to communicate it, but to actually just let myself feel it. Like I would, it was hard for me to, to just, if something upset me, I might cry about it a few days later, 
you know, I wasn't able to, to feel it in that moment. But when you do, I started feeling, well, the more and more in tune I got with that, the highs were so much higher because actually everything is then the space. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think pivoted for you in being able to, to feel things more mm. and let yourself sit in that space? I think I stopped shaming myself mm. and I started to really trust and believe that the people who loved me wouldn't be scared by me showing that vulnerability. Um, mm. I remember, you know, I remember I always used to feel that I had to kind of always be on it or with it. And, and I, I, and that's why the poetry started really, because it was a, a way of expressing the more uncomfortable stuff that I didn't know how to get out otherwise. So yeah. it started, I suppose, with, with honesty with my friends. But what's really interesting is that I then became quite comfortable with that. And I'm sure that the YTT helped in some way. I think, you know, that whole, yeah. over the last few years, there's been a whole journey. There's been, you know, I've, I've been getting more and more into this stuff and you do more energy work, you do more this work and you, you it's a process. Yeah. But then in my, in my last relationship, I felt that my ex-partner did shame me for those emotions. Mm. And I also think that's why um, I now have more unlearning to do because it has created it has created a little bit of tension in me, which is a little bit fearful of conflict, maybe. So, yeah, you know, if we had had a conflict or if I had been very upset by something, he would be like, "Why are you trying to make me feel guilty?" Or, um, you know, da 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 da, you know. And then, you know, it's interesting to look at it from that angle of of again the universe kind of testing your ability to always stay true to yourself. Because when I look back now, and I actually told a friend about this recently, and she said, wow, you never told me that that was going on. Mm. And I think I knew, because I knew that it was so not okay. Yeah. That I couldn't tell anyone because then I would have to actually like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, yes, I do know. It's almost mm. like you're, especially when you do have these practices, you hold yourself to a certain standard and it's almost like embarrassing when, mm. you know, when you're, you're, you're like, wait a minute, but I do, I, I do all these practices and I know all this stuff and I have, I have all the support and knowledge and, you know, I, I know this. And then when you don't support that with action, it's, you feel this like almost like imposter syndrome of, wait a minute. <laughs> there was a part of me that also thought that maybe I was protecting him because, yeah. because I didn't want people to judge it. But the truth is deep down, I was protecting myself because I didn't want to have a, to acknowledge what that might actually mean. You know, the same way that someone might be quite controlling, but you say, Oh, but it's, they're just really caring. And yeah. That was yeah. a bit of a shock to me, actually, that I was kind of deluding myself in that way because, yeah, that was definitely a um, an uncomfortable moment with myself. And also one that you brought up when I asked you what was your pivot points. Mm. So they go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. You know, it's, I wasn't expecting us to go this deep. What? We all, 
we yeah yes. we always do but i'm like i'm like literally sitting here like wow <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so funny because i was like here we go here we go just one of our normal phone conversations just being recorded <laughs> deep dive deep dive i mean i think that's the beauty of 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 friendship and it's also something I wanted to acknowledge and touch upon which is you know the kind of friendship where you then know that those friendships do exist yeah it's wholesome and nurturing and respectful and yeah. just everybody needs a Jenna in their life everybody needs an Emily I <laughs> you read my mind because I was just thinking of you know the the okay the pivot points are the experiences you have that bring you into those like darker places and also on the other side of that there are pivot points in finding people that lift you up like it's so important to surround yourself with people that are at a certain you know operating in a certain way in you could say you know, on a certain vibration or frequency but it's really just people that are living their life from the stability of similar pillars of, and values and morals that align with who you are and the person you want to continue to grow into. So when you're surrounded by people that are making choices or asking you the hard questions or opening you up to conversations that support your growth, those are little mini pivot points in your everyday life that you can get from friendship or from teachers or from even just putting yourself in a certain you know space in the room in your yoga class that you know a really awesome person practices and that you can then pick up on some of that energy or tap into that conversation Whatever your everyday little micro experiences are, make a really big difference in the macro, you know, kind of zoomed out lens of the person that you desire to be in this moment and in the next ones. Mm. So how do you know? I'm so curious about your answer to this. When you are faced with a challenging situation, notwithstanding what we've already said that you will ground yourself and see, but let's say that you're faced with a really challenging situation. How do you know whether to lean in? Because maybe this is something that's come to, to not to test you in a bad way, but it's something for you to grow through, right? Yeah. And that will help you grow stronger versus how do you know when it's something that's a direction that's saying, no, no, let's course correct here. How do you know essentially when to lean in versus when to course correct? That's such a good question. I think they, they kind of go hand in hand. You have to lean in in order to course correct. Like even mm. just the term course correct makes me think of like, you know, a map or like, you know, driving somewhere. How do you know to course correct? Well, you only 
say, you know, you're, you're, you're driving, you only have to course correct when you've already made the wrong turn. <laughs> so mm. you know, if you, if you didn't go down the, I, I like to think of it like there's no really, there's no like wrong paths, really. There are just paths. So say there are no, there, of course there are extreme, you know, um, uh, exceptions to the rule on this and but generally in the day-to-day -day, there's no there's no like wrong decision or wrong path there are just decisions and choices and paths um you can always course correct so this goes back to just trusting trusting in who you are and sitting and creating that little wedge of a few deep breaths to make the best decision that you can in that moment and know that you can always course correct. You can always, like when I moved out to California, I remember thinking, okay, I'll move out here. And if I don't like it, I'll just move back. Like, mm. <laughs> really not that big of a deal. And I also recognize like my kind of free flowingness uh, and my open perspective in that sense of not, not everyone has the capacity to do that. Like, so I don't think of that as a big decision, whereas I know other people do and there's no right or wrong. I'm just acknowledging who I am in, in this of, okay, well, if I move somewhere and I don't love it and I've given it a fair shot, like I've leaned in enough. I've leaned mm. in, like we were saying earlier, some, you mentioned in the relationship thing, it's, it's not always about yes, 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 but it's when you hear that no. So lean in until you hear that whisper, until you hear that mm. no, this is not for me. Sit with that for a moment and then make the next best choice or the course correct or whatever it is. But mm. you don't know until you know. Um, I'd rather err on the side of not having any regrets of things I didn't do, but of trying and knowing that I, having the support that I have in my life and the confidence in myself and the trust of whatever's going to unfold is what's out there for me to just do, to continue to, to live. I'm smiling because that is also how I ended up here, actually, which was, yeah. you know, I'll go and if it's not for me, I'll move back. And even with the yeah. podcast, I'll do it. And if I like it, great. And if, if it doesn't work out, that's fine. And I also think it takes the pressure off in life because people forget that they they can try new things, you know? Yeah. And I think we have such like a one of my friends who's a, a coach calls it like a success wound. Like we have so much attachment mm. to having success in whatever we lean into. Or, you know, mm. we can try things and they can be not for us, or they can be for us and they just don't work out. Like, you know, I my friend and I started a podcast during covid and we had a lot of time and space to do it in quarantine and we loved it we it, we don't do it anymore right now it's not because we didn't we don't love it or it's just our mm. lives have taken different directions and we don't have it doesn't feel aligned for everything else going on and that's okay like people are like oh what about the podcast oh you know we're not doing that anymore oh i'm so sorry like it didn't work out no it's all good Whoa. like we had a great time doing it we built something awesome and we're okay Okay with that it's really funny how you can be so okay with something that other people aren't when it's not even their thing but it's because yeah. we just have so much attachment <laughs> like so we much attachment to outcome attachment, yeah to to knowing what what the the end result is or to 
mm-hmm. feeling like something needs to provide us with some type of tangible success when it can just be something you tried, <laughs> just something you fucking tried. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've answered my question. I mean, yeah. all of my questions, because it reminds me of something that I I heard a few months ago, which was your soul says yes to an experience, not to an outcome. Yeah. And if we could just remember and focus, you know, because the experience is now, I mean, the outcome doesn't even really exist. Who knows what the fuck the outcome will be? No, no, no. I always think about it like I went through this exercise years ago of instead of, I was thinking, what do I want next in my life? What, What do I want in my life? And instead of thinking of, okay, I want this job and I want to live in this state and I want to be with this person. And it's, you know, what direction? Okay, I want to move my life in a direction of love, of passion, Mm. of connection, of adventure, of sunshine, of, um, okay, if if, if I want to move my life in a direction of sunshine, then yeah, does living on the beach in California fit that? Hell yeah, if I ended up in Costa Rica, also, yes, like it's mm. not being attached to the to the what. It's going back to it's not the what, it's the how and the why. Do I want a think about do I want this exact person as my partner? No, I want someone that that is going to to support me in my own growth and someone that I can be adventurous and spontaneous with. Well, okay, mm. that just opens you up to so many more possibilities of happiness. Mm. I love it. (laughs) Ah, We're nearing the end of our hour together. Wow. And I know, and as you'll know, at the end of every episode, I do ask me anything. So Jenna, ask me anything. Okay. This, so I had a little Friendsgiving on this past weekend and so often and Thanksgiving type things you go around and say what you're grateful for. So, you know, we, that was one of our questions, but we also asked, and I think it's something we don't think on or lean into or express enough. What are you proud of yourself for recently? Do you know what? Quite a lot. And if my dad's (laughs) listening to this, he'll laugh because he'll be like, But do you know what I'm really proud of recently is I have leaned in to difficult situations Mm. and I feel like I've, as much as I could, brought the best version of myself to the table. And I actually had a moment recently where I was um, in an environment or in a certain scenario, which was, which just felt very overwhelming to me. And my default response was to want to run away. I mean, it's funny because mm. I feel like that's a theme. But anyway, I was like, yeah. I'm out. I'm done with these people. Don't need to be in this place. I'm going to go mm. home. Fuck everything. You know, why do I want to? And then, I, you know, like this little voice is like, yeah, you don't have to, you know, surround yourself, blah, 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 and protect your energy, whatever, whatever. And then I thought, no, you know what? I don't want to leave on that kind of note. My Mm. happiness is my own responsibility. No one else will create it for me. Mm. And I went back out 
And I, it was literally a choice. I was like, I'm not leaving until I'm having the best fucking time. Uh, and it shifted everything because I no longer gave a fuck in the best way. I wasn't, you know, aggressive or rude or anything. It was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, I'm free. And yeah. so I could just then be myself, do my thing, dance, whatever. And whoever wanted to come and join in with that, fantastic. And if people didn't want to, that's okay. And I honestly had one of the best nights I've had in oh ages, even ah. though it started off as one of the worst. Ah. Mm. I'm proud of you. Thanks. I was proud of me too. <laughs> I was like, high five. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, you're Jenna, amazing. you just, you no, you're so amazing. But actually, I just want to touch on one more thing before we go. Yeah. Can you just tell us about A is E? Oh, duh. This was, <laughs> I always like to explain it as a little mantra that was passed down from my dad. Um, it means attitude is everything. It's, I guess, essentially, it's your attitude or mindset or perspective about whatever situation is what dictates how you live through that moment. You could have, mm. you know, one person that is in seemingly a fantastic situation, but they have a terrible mindset about it. They're going to have the worst time. And I can be sitting alone in a closet in the dark, but if I have an amazing perspective about it, I can have the best time. Or you can have two mm. people that are in the same circumstance and two different mindsets about it will produce two different experiences and outcomes. So it really, and that's up to you. It's completely up to you how you want to move through your life. You craft your own version of your reality based on the choices that you make and the way that you want to perceive things, handle things, communicate, and the baseline standard of the way that you operate in the world, if it's from a place of love and understanding and kindness and compassion, what you put out is what you're going to get back in. It's also, I think, to go a little bit deeper is like to always hold yourself to that standard regardless of how other people act um mm. and, and there are certain it's interesting with dynamics of relationships and with energy because you want to protect your energy you also want to feel good about how you how you move through your life and you know if someone um i've had so many times where you know i show up in a friendship in a certain way and another person doesn't well okay there's two options here i can either i don't want to say like drop down to their level because they don't, you know, that's expecting them to, to be a certain way, but I can either then move into their energetic field to mm. make myself, you know, and, and compromise my own worth and my own, you know, way that I, I want to show up or I can just show up in the way that feels good for me. And again, detach from the outcome of, how that person's going to to behave and just have the attitude of 
uh, you know, coming from within in my own space of mm. this is how I view this. And that's completely in my control. Mm. Acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Acceptance, detachment <laughs> and boundaries and worth. It's such a dance. <laughs> It is such a dance. Not always a fun one, but hey, at least we're dancing. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there's just you're just reminding me of the levity of life. You know, there are, we always have a choice. We always, you know, we can always shift our perspective, and and there is always more joy to be found and more joy to be discovered, and. And really, there's nothing to to fear when you when you do have those moments and you do have those doubts, or you know, everything is a blessing in disguise. Even if someone is listening to this and is in the worst relationship of their lives, great. That means that you can go find an amazing one. You know? Yeah, you're one you're one choice away from a completely different life. Yeah. So lean in. So lean lean in. in. We're gonna call this episode "Lean In." Lean in. You are one choice away from a totally different life. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love Jenna, you. I love you. Thank you for everything. I have no words. Just know that the grin on my face is ear mm -hmm. to ear. And my heart is open and full. And thank you for sharing your time and your energy, your wisdom, your grace, your love. Thank, thank you. you putting out your incredible podcast into the world and putting out little pieces of your heart um, mm, thanks, my love. so you have an abundance of of all of that of love of wisdom of um just so so much goodness so i'm so glad that you're doing this and you're sharing all of that with your listeners and i'm so honored to be part of it and i love you endlessly and thank you so much. Thank you. And I'll just say for everyone listening, you can find Jen on Instagram at J-N Roth. That's J-N-R-O-T-H. Give her a follow and let yourself be inspired every day. Thank you for joining The Wizard in the World. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much for all your support. We can't wait until next time. Until then, don't forget to stay magic.